Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Thursday. First of yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Wednesday. Marcus went off to get his second jab. He's up to his second jab already. Good work, Marcus. Um, it, it's all a bit uh, confusing uh, with the um, shipping from one level to another. We'll try and sort that out. Uh, but, yeah, speaking of levels, uh, yeah, yeah, nice work, rest of the country, going down to... To level three, on you. Where are you calling right. from, Dave? Well, I'm calling from Hawke's Bay. Right. All right, so you're level we're, three. We're in level one up here. <laughs> <laughs> now, so why do you say that? Well, I haven't been out since lockdown day, but I was forced to go out and get groceries and uh, went and bought myself some alcohol today. Um, <laughs> when I went to the grocery shop, yeah. everybody's wearing masks inside because they're not allowed through the door, but they're getting out of their cars, no masks on until they get the front door, then slipping the masks on. And as soon as I get to the front door on the way out, the mask is coming off again. Then I went to the local fish shop, and a lady walked out of there without a mask on. There's cars absolutely everywhere. I had trouble getting a, a car park anywhere where I went, and I went to three places this morning. And on the way home, and lo and behold, I won't tell you which suburb I live in, but there's a church which ethnicity will remain anonymous, um, having an event there would have been at least 20 cars parked in the churchyard and both sides of the road outside the church was full of cars. Looking up into the property, um, I counted at least 20 people. I slowed right down, being nosy, old bugger. And, um, yeah, so I'm just saying, please come to Hawke's Bay if you want some freedom because we're in level one here. Yeah. <laughs> they may not have been parishioners, though, Dave. They, might, they do mainly music and a lot of events are held in church halls these days. I'm just in their defence. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I didn't go in, obviously. No. Um, yeah, but... Um, but you're noticing pretty much business as usual. It doesn't feel like level three. It doesn't feel like a strictish lockdown. Oh, look, I mean, you know, there's cars everywhere. Do you, like me, get a bit nervous when people ring into the talkback and can't pronounce the word ethnicity? Um, sometimes they're the same people who start their call by saying, I'm not racist, but... I also wonder if cars everywhere and not being able to get a car park, if that means different things to different people in different parts of the country as well. Do they have rush hour in Hawke's Bay? Or am I, am I now just being racist? Uh, let's move on quickly. And, and, and uh, level three means that some parents get to send their kids to school, but only if they're essential. I think that's how that works. Of course, those in level three can't return to school either yet, so it's really tough for households with school children around the country, especially with parents who are also trying to juggle working from home. But yesterday was day 14 for Auckland, and there are 14 more days of that to go. And it got me thinking, what is our incentive out of this? Obviously, demand is high for the vaccine here, which is excellent, but we need to keep up that momentum. If we have to slow our rollout down due to lack of supply, then that's less than ideal, especially when momentum's building. But where are our incentives New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian, she's outlined more freedoms for vaccinated people in her state after New South Wales hits its target of 6 million jabs. She's outlining at least a roadmap, you know, for some return to normality. She's giving them hope, a big white light at the end of the tunnel and setting targets to get there. So as we sit here in Auckland, on day 15 of a level four lockdown with at least another two weeks to go, 
I can't help wishing we'd adopt a similarly ambitious approach. Um, so let's just keep it with uh, the trials and tribulations of uh, parents having to deal with kids at home um, just for a little bit longer. I think this is one of the... Is it a good or a bad thing? What do you think, Kerry? Uh, there was an article in The Atlantic uh, from the United States where men who had been forced to stay at home and try and work now had a new appreciation for just how much work is involved in childcare. <laughs> number of them said, that's it, well, I was hoping for a big family. <clears throat> no, not after a year in lockdown. Others, though, really enjoyed it. Uh, and it's impacted on the way they are going to work in the future because they realise how much time has been taken up with work, with extracurricular activities like a number of teachers who were interviewed said they wouldn't take on the after-school coaching. They'd rather spend that time with their family instead. The lockdown had made them realise what they'd missed. So I'd really love to hear from those of you who are working parents. I know you're frantic. I know you're busy. I mean, the very nature of what you're doing means that you're probably the people least likely to be able to pick up the phone and call. But I would love to hear how you manage your day so that you can get the work done and the children stay alive and fed, basically. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously complained previously about how I, I'm used to being home during the day. I'm always home during the day because I work in the middle of the night, and so then I get home during the day. And um, I've, got, I've become used to having the house to myself. And now it's full of people, and I've had to completely... It's, it's turned my life upside down. Um, and it's very distracting. It is very distracting. It's that whole thing where you know you like you literally are trying to do some work. Um, I mean, it looks like you're just playing with your iPad, but really you're tap tap tapping away. And people just want to talk about you know this cool video that they've just seen on Instagram. And, and you want to engage and you want to be, what's the word, are oh, you present for them? You also want to get your work done. Thanks for being here, for, for giving me somewhere to vent. I really appreciate that. Oh, hey, uh, this is exciting. Sounds like Marcus got his second jab yesterday. Okay, let's talk COVID faux pas. My one was back to my second jab of the old Fauci ouchie. Can't think of it, but it's a, it's a lame expression. I can't think of a better one. Like night and day, so serious. Had a bit of, well, I wouldn't say it's cardboard. That slightly thick paper with my details on, took that with me. Boy, it was serious. Stand there, stand on that, you couldn't go near anyone. Two and a half metres. Then I come into a room full of people on chairs spaced, and they say, sit on that chair. And I was on a chair, like there's 12 chairs, everyone facing on the wall, and they put me on a chair against the wall facing everyone else, which I thought was awkward anyway. So that's not the – but anyway, I went to get my injection, my jab. And they said right arm or left arm. I couldn't remember. I said, are you right-handed or left-handed? And I couldn't remember. I said, I'm right-handed. So she gave me the injection, Val, my um, injector. And then she said to me, would you like a sticker? Oh, yeah, I have some for the kids. But actually what she was referring to was the plaster that went over the um, thing. So anyway, that was that. So, oh, yeah, no, no, no. that was that. 
Doesn't sound that interesting in retelling, does it? Anyway, and then we went out and sat for 15 minutes at the other end. And it was 20 minutes last time, then I went. But no lollipops, no stickers, nothing. I think this is because it's level three. It seemed to be super serious with masks and everything. So, yeah, it wasn't the lighthearted relief, the first one. So that was the second of the COVID injections, and now I am fully resonated. Is that the word? Vaccinated, anyway. So there is that. Yeah, it's definitely become one of those things. It's a bit like going through airport security, isn't it? Like, as much as you want to make dead jokes about being a terrorist, it's probably not a good idea. And, it, and I think that's how, what it's become. Delta's made has made everybody go a bit serious. I mean, even more serious. I don't know how much more serious you can be when you're dealing with a life-threatening disease, but pretty serious, it seems. They were, geez, they were serious at Pack and Save yesterday. Uh, they were... Because uh, it seems like every second supermarket in Auckland is now a location of interest. Um, and they were turning away... People you know, who were trying to shop with more than one person. No, no, only one person allowed at a time. And also, you had to have a trolley for some reason. I was just going in for gluten-free burger buns. I know that seems like an unnecessary thing, a non-essential thing. But take it from me, if somebody can't have gluten, it's essential. Um, so I didn't have a trolley, but you had to have a trolley. So I had to go back and get a trolley just for a packet of buns. I don't, don't understand the reasoning behind that, but yeah, the, the guy was, he was dead serious about that. Uh, we're going to finish up with uh, one of the confusing things about being in split levels, a split level country like we have now, is apparently you can ship non-essential items from level 3 to level 4. Is that right? Why doesn't this make any sense, do you reckon? Well, I think it's it's based on a, on a on a on an assumption that having people pick and pack and dispatch orders at uh, in a level four area is somehow creating a, a greater risk of of transmitting COVID than already exists when people are um, packing non-essential goods. In many cases, you'll have um, exactly the same firms having to restrict uh, what they're selling to uh, customers purely because their their, um, uh, dispatch facility is based in Auckland. Um, When you've already got people there packing and sending other things that are allowed to be sent, Um, and obviously that creates a big issue for uh, those businesses because it puts them at a competitive advantage Mm -hmm. or disadvantage, um, but but actually does create an opportunity for um, some of those smaller businesses perhaps south of Bombay, to um, get into the Auckland market. It sounds, from from the sounds of things from MB, they're basically trusting couriers and businesses to do the right thing, and they're only going to enforce if they have a, a breach of the rules. And it seems like, some, like various couriers are running different systems. Is that your understanding? Well, I, th- I think everyone is trying really hard to do the right thing. It is a bit weird, isn't it? Like, apparently they're stopping couriers and, and, and to make sure that they're only couriering essential things, but the couriers don't know what's in the packages most of the time, do they? What are the, I mean, they're not unwrapping everything and then wrapping everything up again to make sure that it's essential, are they? I don't, geez, I don't know what's happening anymore. Strange times we're living in. Interesting though, isn't it? It's interesting when you don't know what's happening anymore and... and Ooh, when things used to be normal? No, me either. I'm Glenn ZB. That was, uh, and it's been News Talk ZB. We'll be back with another one tomorrow. Probably be even less normal 
more, less, more or less normal tomorrow. I can't even talk. <laughs>